Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Let's get back to more Gabe Ramirez and Clay Harbor on Sports Radio 670 The Score. And always live on the free Odyssey app. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Hopefully you guys are uh, in an Uber right now. Not driving, bro. No, you're about to get trashed today. It's all good. Um, but... <laughs> You know, we, we're going to talk about Ryan Poles and the job he's done so far to just help out Justin Fields and, you know what I'm saying, what he's what – he's, because uh, that's what we're really trying to see. Like, you can say whatever you want about the defense, about the wide receiver room, but the fact of the matter is this team goes with Justin Fields. And if he performs well, then the team's going to perform well. And if he lays an egg, then that's what we're going to be looking at all season long. Somebody said uh, on the text line from the 262, says, I don't think we – as Bears fans, should be setting a benchmark. What we should be looking for is continued improvement. If by week five or six he looks the same as he did last year, then we could start worrying. And, you know, I, I do agree with that because last year before the season started, people were like, oh, Justin Fields, Justin Fields. And I said, listen, man, I just need Justin Fields to be a little bit better. I don't need him to be great. I don't need him to be amazing. I just need him to be a little bit better. And I think the same thing holds true for this season where you, you really are just looking for improvement. I threw out the 3,000-yard benchmark simply because when you're looking at the quarterbacks of the NFL as a whole, Clay, you know you can kind of see where the top-tier quarterbacks are, and those names are consistent with the amount of yards that are there. Yeah. And then you, know, you can see the bottom tier and what that looks like. And so for me, I was throwing out an arbitrary number that, that looked to be in the middle – of those things, and that's why I posed the question. But, you know, let's take one more call before we go into the Ryan Poles thing um, on this very topic. We got Zach out in the west side. So, so I mean, listen, we all are, Zach, we are waiting for some some improvement from Justin Fields, but I think the, the number exists. Do you think he can throw for more or will throw for more, or do you think he'll be hovering right around that same mark? I, I think he's going to throw for more, guys. I think with the weapons we got, he got six legitimate weapons. I would say legitimate weapons with Clay Poole and Mooney. You got, you know, um, um, DJ Moore. That's a legitimate weapon. You got Cole Komet. You got, you know, some running backs that can catch the ball. You got Tunyon that can catch the ball. He got some legitimate weapons. And then you you building up that offensive line, and you got a really solid run game from last year. 3,500 yards. I mean, you know, like, it, you know, with better play calling, 
and the more the better the chemistry is with this offense, I just see it, and I see more opportunities with the defense giving the ball back to the offense. And so I think three thousand yards is very doable, uh, Gabe. When you watch when you watch what he could do as far as keeping the ball alive and, and avoiding sacks. You know what I mean? Imagine just picture this guy, DJ Moore, running wild. You got CPD uh, in the background, guys. But you got DJ Chicago, Moore we know. running Sorry. wild. <laughs> but you got DJ Moore, you got guys that can really, you know, the rookie that we just got, that can find the ball when there's a scramble. You know what I mean? So when you got that, when you got the tight ends that we got, 3,000 has to be, you know, the benchmark, if not more, guys. That's what I'm looking for because I, I think that defense is going to give us some, some opportunities back on offense to make it happen. That's a great point, and that's exactly what we want, right, the opportunity to put up some points you know what I'm saying? If the defense can get the ball back, and that's something that we wanted from Justin Fields last year. Uh, thanks for the call, Zach. I know you're out west. I stay in East Garfield Park, so I hear sirens all day long. It's all good. It's like, it's like I didn't even notice it until you brought it up in the phone call. <laughs> um, but, but, Clay, you know, when you're looking at, you know, Justin Fields and that 3,000, it's predicated on whether, on whether or not, you know, Ryan Poles did a good enough job surrounding him with people. And yeah. I'm, I'm curious, you know, if you were Justin Fields, you know, obviously you played in the league. You, you know what it's like when GM, you know, does their job and, yeah. and makes the team better. He, he's obviously made the team better. I mean, yep. there's only one, one way to go from the team last year, right? Yeah. Worst team in the league. Um, but but what do what do you think of the job that Ryan Poles has done? Not just even not not even just to 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 see if Ryan, if Justin Fields is better, but just to make the team better. I think Ryan Poles has done a good job, especially this year. But I'm not going to let him off the hook on some things. Mm. Like people think everything he's done has been perfect, and it hasn't been. Like look at last year's draft class, and me and Gabe were talking about this before we were on air. We're like how many of, how many of these draft picks last year <laughs> do we really think hit? We both got different numbers, but I mean, okay, Kyler Gordon. In the second round, okay, we'll just throw that one out because me and Gabe both disagreed there. He says he thinks Kyler Gordon was a good pick. I'm saying I don't think so yet. He can get there. Brisker, love Brisker. Valus Jones, Jr., right now looks like an awful pick at 71. Terrible pick, yeah. Looks like a bad pick. Braxton Jones, great. Great pick. Phenomenal pick. Dominic Robinson, Hmm. jury's still out. You know, he had one sack last year. I don't know. Zachary Thomas, Tristan Ebner, Doug Kramer, Ja Tyre Carter, Elijah Hicks, and Trenton Gill. Trenton Gill actually had a good year. But overall, I'm saying like this wasn't a home run. Yeah. And I think he's done a good job. I think he still has to continue getting better. I think he handled the draft this year well. But you went in the draft with the worst defensive ends in the NFL. You came out the draft with the worst defensive ends in the NFL. <laughs> okay. So like, obviously I know you needed to take the right tackle. You couldn't go defensive end by the time you were there. I mean, there were 11 defensive ends taken from that 10th pick until we picked again. So you had to, you, I mean, you couldn't pass, you couldn't pass up the cornerback at that position. You need the defensive tackle. You had needs, but I need to see him fill the rest of these needs. D end. We need maybe another cornerback, maybe a third-string tight end. There's some other things he needs to do. But overall, I think he's got us trending in the right direction. Yeah, and, and Clay, when I look at the draft from last year, you know, you, you look at where he had picks, right? I mean, he didn't, he wasn't able to, to orchestrate the draft the way that he would want because a lot of them were gone, no first-round yeah. pick. You know, he only had two seconds and a third. Fortunately, he got lucky with the – or not lucky, but, he you know, he made a great call with Braxton Jones – 
And then, but after that, though, you know, the guys that, you know, half of that draft is taken in the fifth round and later. Yeah. More than that. And right? he got extra picks. So, so it's like, it's tough to do a, a fair evaluation there. Um, but but you're absolutely right in in the in this particular draft when it comes to defensive defensive end, and especially because you know he tried to get back up in the first round or the the top of the second round to get one of those dudes, and it was just unfortunate that it didn't pan out that way. And yeah. as as he said, you're, you're not going to be able to you know check all the boxes in one draft, and and so I think he's gotten us closer to the direction. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. He's and then done and, a and solid it, job. Yeah, and then it allows him next year with two firsts. And a lot of these other picks that he and he was able to accumulate to really tackle because I I feel like and I'm and I'm curious where, where where you stand on this like the Bears are still a space away from relevancy right yeah like they're not they're not like I know our, our boy uh, who was on earlier uh, Luis Medina was like playoff we there baby NFC North we out here and I understand that right I feel confident in that but but we're still not there yet. And I think that, you know, the Bears themselves, what what do you think? Do you think the Bears themselves say are saying, like, we're going to be – I know you want to try to win every game and you want to try to compete. But yeah, what I, but the question is, like, this draft was more set up for the future. Long term. He's building long term. Than it was to win, like, this year. Yeah. He's building long term. He knows he can't do everything he needs to do right now. So he's building it long term, and I think that's what you need to do. If you had a grade to give Ryan Poles, sure. what grade are you giving him? Right. A, a through A through F, right? And not even just on this draft. Are right? you talking about as a GM for one year for the Chicago Bears? From the year he came in here, right. from all the move, and we're talking Chase Claypool trade too, because I know a lot of people don't think that was a smart trade either. Thirty second yeah. pick for Chase Claypool. I like that. I still like. You it. still like it. Because if you look at what you know, what wide receivers were exactly. That's what I was thinking too. Like looking at the draft this year, like I'm not sold on guys like Jordan Addison. No, no, Zay Flowers good. Like I'm, I'm I'm sold on the first round guys, but people that would have been there available at 32. You're talking about like the Jalen Hyatt's, the Cedric Tillman's, like guys that you're like, yeah, "Ah, you're the you're just as you're the equivalent. But you get one one and a half years of Chase Claypool versus four years of these guys too. Right, but but but, probably like a year and a half of development anyway. Right. Yeah. So I mean, it kind of. Kind of plays itself out, but I think if I were to give him a grade, it can't be an A. And I know a lot of people are high on on, on Ryan Poles, but it just can't be because yeah. because it's your first year, and like any first year of anything, you're gonna miss on some things. Yeah, right? I think we're agreeing. I think I'm giving him a B, which is fine. Yeah, and I'm definitely certainly not giving him a C. Yeah, because he's made some 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 good moves. Um, I mean the, the DJ Moore thing, you can't take that away. Um, when looking at this draft. Because you've added a number one receiver without question to the roster from that number one pick, so you've you've gotten a Darnell right, a starting right tackle, yeah. and a starting wide receiver from that number one pick, and, and some other draft picks that will come later down the line. Um, so, so I do like that. So, yeah, I'm going to say a solid B, not yeah. a B minus, not a B plus. Yep, just I'm, like a solid B. <laughs> I'm right there with you, and I think that trade. I know we've talked about it at. You know, at nauseum, but the DJ Moore factor to me, like I'm thinking, I keep going back, like, man, maybe we could have got more because the quarterbacks did go one, two, because three. Because the Texans gave up their damn whole, their whole, their whole draft to move back <laughs> up. Three. So I'm like, man, we could have got some more. Yeah. But the DJ Moore factor for me, that kind of, I mean, that's a proven commodity at a solid contract, a guy that you know, you're not guessing how he projects. This guy has made plays. He said, over a thousand yards, three times in the NFL. You know what he's giving you. He's only twenty-five. 
Wild. This guy ain't 28, 29. He's 25 years old. So every time I start thinking, maybe we should have held on to the pick, you saw what the Texans were doing. I love that the Texans left with Will Anderson and C.J. Stroud, but you gave up your whole draft at wow. that point. Like Nick Casario, I can't believe – he must be feeling the heat. Like he's got to win now. And I know my old uh, my old compadre, my old linebacker for the Eagles, uh, D'Amico Ryans, played with him in the Eagles. Great guy, by the way, really smart player. But, man, they gave up a lot. They gave up a ton. Let me ask you this, Clay. He's Clay Harbor, nine-year NFL veteran. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 to score. Happy Friday, y'all. Let me ask you this. And, and you know, when we were talking about the wide receiver group last year and you were like, yo, it was like he was throwing to you and me. Yeah. But, you know, People make a big deal about separation. Yeah. Like, one, how hard is it to create separation in the NFL? And then how important is it that separation is made by your wide receivers and your tight end in an offense? I mean, it's big. I mean, you can't lie about separation. But for different receivers, it's hard to, it's hard to explain. But say if you're, if you're A.J. Brown you might not need that much separation because he's so big. But Darnell Mooney, he's going to need to be separated by a couple yards because he's just not, doesn't have the same build as an A.J. Brown. So depending on the type of guy that you are depends on the type of separation you need. Big tight ends, why can you just throw it on the tight end's body? Because they have big bodies. There's Mm -hmm. more space there. It's hard for defensive backs to move them and get around them. So the separation isn't as important to the guy like Travis Kelsey, 6'5", 250-something pounds. So separation's important. To me, it's more of, instead of separation, just route running. Do you trigger at the right point in your route? Are you running your routes at the right depth? Are you able to get off a press man? Because timing, to me, is more important than separation, if that makes sense. you got to be on the right timing you can't get held up in your route you can't get rerouted you can't get held at the top and you got to be able to make a play when you say make plays I mean catch the football you got to catch the football firstly and then you want a guy that can make those wild plays you catch the football great now can you do something out of the ordinary that the coach didn't do that the quarterback didn't do that Luke Getze doesn't have to draw there's only so much he can draw up you got sometimes you just got to have players that can make plays that's why I like the DJ Moore thing. That's why I like the Roshan Johnson thing. I know Roshan Johnson, the fifth rounder. Go throw on some Ro- Roshan Johnson highlights. Catch the ball. Yeah, Khalil Herbert, 5.7 yards a carry. Like, that wasn't an accident. This guy can run. So I think we got some playmakers, some guys that can make those extra plays. And I think that's what starts to separate you. Like, Justin's not going to be able to do everything. Now you got some players that, hey, you're going to throw a slant. A three-step slant. You see it with Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. All day long. He runs a three-step slant. A.J. Brown's taking it 40. <laughs> you know, that's not Everybody, a 40. Yeah. On, the, on the stat sheet, that's 40 yards. Through the air, that was five. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that, makes that stuff helps. Yeah. And I mean, you bring up some great points. And, I, and I, the reason I ask it, Clay, is because when I look at Justin, and I think to the wide receivers that he has had, Allen Robinson, who's a – a guy that's a big body that doesn't need space. Yeah. A Chase Claypool that doesn't yeah. need space or, or create space a ton. He didn't have the best rapport with those two guys. Yeah. But he did love a Darnell Mooney that could create his own space. So that's why I look at the wide receiver group now and I'm thinking, okay, maybe they understood that. That's why they call it the, the what did they call it? The Legion of Speed or something like that. I forgot what the thing was that on the meme that was on, all over the place. But maybe, maybe you know, Poles and Eberflus understand that, hey, man, we don't need go up and get it, guys. 
Yeah. We need guys that can create space because that's what makes Justin Fields feel comfortable in releasing the ball and get it, getting rid of it quicker. He's not a throw it to a big body and allow him to just yeah. have confidence in and it. And that's something you learn about your quarterback. And then with Fields, a, a very important trait with him, which might not be the same with a, you know, with a guy like Tom Brady. Tom Brady is going to be three steps out, five steps out, seven steps out. you got to have guys that know how to run, play the backyard football, get open after the play. Yeah, This guy's going to extend a play to six, seven, eight seconds. Okay, can you get open after a play? Do you have that in your in your repertoire to where you know you run your round, you're not going to motor it down, you're going to keep going because Justin's going to break and tain. He's going to get the ball downfield to you you know, four, five, six, seven seconds after the play's over. So that's something you got to have guys be able to do too. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. Again, it's just like from it, – can it be August already? I know, I can't it's, wait. It's like I literally just can't wait for this kind of stuff. They but, put it around him, man. I think they got a decent squad around him to where he will have success this year. Yeah, well, that's that's the whole thing. I want. I just cannot wait to watch Justin Fields play some football. That's the that's the thing I'm waiting on. Uh, <laughs> and, and I can't wait to uh, talk to our next guest either. Uh, Rob Brown is going to be joining us from BetQL. Uh, he has some thoughts on the Cubs as well as the White Sox. Uh, we'll take a nice little swirl around MLB and then uh, wrap this thing up with some Twitter time on the other side. All right, I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Clay Harbor. This is 670 to score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Cubs four, Miami one, top of the ninth, two down, a runner at second, the 3 2 pitch on the way. Swing and a miss, right three. There's the slider you talked about, Ron. It gets a swinging strikeout, and the ball game is over. The Cubs have beaten Miami. By a score of four to one, a much needed win for the Chicago Cubs. Pat Hughes with the call right there, of course, right here on 670. The score: Cubs take on the Marlins again tomorrow, 120. Pre-game starts right at 12:45 here on the score. I'll be leading you into that, man. I'm actually filling in for Phil Rosenthal tomorrow. Rosie, I'll be on from 11 to 12:30, 12:45, 12:37. 
is actually when that, and I'll probably go to break over there. And then I'll be working again. I'm just working all the time. Uh, but that game will be kicking off. Make sure you guys listen to that uh, there, right? Uh, but now we get to talk about that and the White Sox game since finally went final with our next guest. He's joining us right now on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Of course, our guy right here is just pro sports better, handicap specialist, and he's one of our good friends, one of my brothers on the BetQL network. Uh, of course, we're talking about Rob Brown. Rob, welcome to the show, man. Fellas, how we doing? How's everybody, man? You know, I'm not as I'm not as uh I, I already lost one of my parlays for today, so I'm just not feeling good as it is. But I'm trying to feel better. You know, I'm trying to feel better. The Suns game's coming on later today, so I'll be watching that with a beer in hand, trying to make a same game parlay on that one. Uh, but let's talk. Let's talk Chicago baseball for a second. Um, you know, Cubs bouncing back uh, against the Marlins after getting swept today. Justin Steele on the bump, looking good. Um, is he? Uh, Clay mentioned the the, the the phrase "Cy Young." I know it's early, but hey, you know, I like it. Listen, yeah. I'm, I'm here for it, especially in Chicago. Um, is he someone that 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 when you're looking at odds to win the Cy Young, if he can stay on this trajectory, could be someone you might want to sprinkle some money on. Uh, I mean, I think first thing is you got to ask yourself the question, how important are wins to a Cy Young pitcher, right? Like how important to the team? And obviously to pick up one, I, I hate to be the guy that reigns on a happy parade, but it's the same Marlins team that just got worked hard by Atlanta and that has already swept the Cubs in a three-game series. So I'm interested to see if they can kind of continue that momentum. But uh, I don't hate it. I don't hate the possibility there. I was looking at some splits earlier of some different guys and uh, was happy to see his name pop up. So I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that far off. Uh, but I think we've got to see more momentum from the team to kind of put him into a position where he gets talked about. That being said, if you're a guy who likes to take some flyers, now's a damn good time to do it. <laughs> yeah, no, I think he did a great job. Justin Steele, man, this whole Cubs rotation, I think they have one of the best rotations in in the entire league, in my opinion. I know they have the best ERA in the uh, in the National League. If you have to give me a weak spot, I'm looking for a weak spot. Their pitching's good. I mean, they've been hitting the ball pretty well. Like, where's where's the Cubs' weak spot? Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think the weak spot has been that you have been hitting the ball better, right? Like, I mean, let's, again, let's see where it goes. But yeah. how many times? Have we seen the Cubs leave guys in scoring position the last few weeks? You've got, what, I think six consecutive losses yeah. that were one-run losses. One so, run uh, a loss or two before that were two-run two losses. The Cubs have been very, very close to not just being division leaders, to, be, to being one of the best teams in the National League, and they keep dropping these one- and two-run two losses. You can't have Cody Bellinger – come to the dish four or five times in a row with runners in score position and walk away with nothing. It's like everything is right for the Cubs. They just can't get guys across the dish when they're in that position. If you figure it out, this team is damn good. I've been saying that on our Saturday betting show for, for the entire season. Figure out how to get guys across in clutch situations, yeah. and this team sprints back to the top of a very winnable division. I think you're absolutely right, man. I mean, you're looking at the squad. I mean, you know, the pitching is there, you know, regardless of where you try to rank it. The defense is there. The bats are there. So it's just a matter of putting it together. And like you said, Rob, I mean, when you're losing these one-run games, 
I mean, that takes a toll on you, especially when you're in the, the midst of that, that, that losing streak where there were like, you know, six out of seven games right there for the Chicago Cubs team. Um, is there anyone, you know, because I, I, I do like to gamble there, Rob. I want to <laughs> tell you that and be honest with you. So w- when you're looking at this Cubs team, I mean, you know, and you're looking at props, is it are are you leaning more on like a a hot hitter to you know continue to get hits? Are you are you looking for a guy to maybe stick out when it comes to the long ball, or are you kind of leaning on pitchers and their K their K props uh, in in any particular game? And I'm going to the game tomorrow, so yeah. I'm I'm writing this down. So wanna, I'm going to be at the know. game. I'm being the bleacher. So <laughs> let me know. <laughs> so so I guess you're not supposed to plead the fifth when you're doing a radio interview, right? Like you no. just put a lot of pressure on me if you're going to be at the game yeah. of my guy. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. a lot of heat on me, mainly because your man Tyler is going to hit me with a text on Sunday and go, the boys are furious with you right <laughs> now. Or, or happy and want to know your Venmo so we yeah, can send absolutely. some, Throw you some a little tip there. You know? Throw you a little I tip. I respect that. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. I'm very willing. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a trends guy, man. I'm a trends Same. guy. I love following when guys are hot. I like, I like when guys are doing the right thing. That is why. How weird is it? that the guy that I'm actually probably going to put uh, a bags bet on the next couple of days is Eric Hosmer, a guy that yeah. I, I, I really think with the recent call-up, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute, uh, is kind of going to move more to a leadership role than anything. But you're looking at a dude on a five-game hit streak at this point, uh, and I, I love a good trend. I really do. So especially against Miami, a team that had a Cy Young candidate himself uh, and Alcantara on the hill the other day, and he got absolutely floored by the Atlanta Braves. So Miami is a team that's given up a bunch of hits. They're giving up a bunch of runs. I'm looking for anybody who's did anything the last two or three games, and I, I kind of lean on bag props. They've done really well for me this season. So I think when you get the combination of, all right, let's see if you mentioned – Six-game losing streak, all of them by a single run. You kind of broke that open today. You added a little bit of juice into the lineup with the call-up. Now you got guys that were putting the ball into play today. I'm going to ride that tomorrow. There's probably a couple of guys I might take a bag prop on. Yeah, uh, w- w- I want to know your thoughts on uh, on the the biggest story of the night in Chicago. I mean, this guy, I mean, it's huge. His family got more FaceTime than some of the players did, <laughs> which is which is pretty funny, but... Talk about our boy Matt Mervis, man. Is he the real deal? So it's it's interesting because I think a lot of people kind of fell off on him uh, during the uh, during the, the the spring because the numbers came down a little bit, but weren't paying attention to the fact that he wasn't getting regular at Bay ABs. He wasn't playing every day, so the timing was obviously going to suffer. By the way. Matt Mervis's dad's haircut should be the story of the day, but we can circle back around to that later on. I'm going to start a Twitter account for it. Don't worry about it. You might as well. I mean, you'll go viral day one. That haircut was just absolutely lit. Uh, I don't know if the kids are still saying lit, but that's what we're going with right now. Uh, No, listen, I I think the call-up's good. Here's the only word of cautionary advice would be don't put the pressure on this guy to be the savior yeah. of a season, right? Like, Too don't late. ask this guy to be the guy that comes in and is your RISP hitter. Don't ask him to come in and turn this whole thing around because what you don't want is a situation where you repeat with Chris Morrell, a guy who came up, had a really good hot streak, but yeah. then the expectations skyrocketed on him. He yep. started becoming the guy, and then the league caught up with him a little bit. The numbers yep. started coming down, and they sent him back down with homework to do. 
I don't know whether Mervis is a guy that's going to be here in two weeks or two months or if they're going to send him back down to do his homework as well. But if you stack all the pressure on him of you're the guy, you're the guy that's going to bring us back, you're the guy who's going to get us there, especially when we saw during the spring that he's kind of been struggling with lefties a little bit. And it turns out major league managers are smart. They know how guys trend, right? Don't put the pressure on this guy to be the hero of the team, the hero of the city, or you're going to end up burning him out. Give him a chance to work his way in. You're going to have some rough ABs. You're going to have some, some plate discipline. That's a little shaky here and there. Let him work the kinks out and just let the guy come along at his own pace. Because if he does, he could be the reason the Cubs are back into a divisional race in three or four months. But if you ask him to be Captain America and you burn him out, you're yeah. right back where you were yesterday asking Eric Hosmer to be the guy. And I think Christopher Morell did his homework. He He's first in the International League with 11 home runs. I mean, this guy went back. He went down. He fought back. And I think it's time to bring him back up. I know some people don't think that he has a place on this team because all the players. But he's played very well. I mean, come on, 11 RBIs, 28 runs scored. Uh, this guy's went down and he's fixed his walk rate. He's he's fixed his strikeout rate. I think it's time to get Christopher Morrell back up here too. I agree. I agree entirely. In fact, I was talking with uh, with my co-hosts on Saturday mornings, uh, Bet for the Cycle on the BetQL Network, hashtag shameless self-promotion. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, we were actually having a conversation about this a little bit. Listen, I, I, I think there is room on this team. I think there are a couple of guys that you could move around. You already sent Rios down to let him get a little more XP at Iowa. There's a couple of other guys that I think could be moved around, Madrigal, et cetera. But you're right. I mean, you, you, you sent him down with a little a hot start, a little bit of struggle at the end. You sent him down, and all the things that kind of slowed him up in his last stint in the bigs seem to be corrected. And again, it is minor league ball. It's a whole different level when you're at Wrigley, but he is clearly worked on the problems that he had. And at this point, I'm looking for a spark, man, because like we said, the talent's there, the pitching there, the back end is there, the hitting is there. You just need that spark. And if you bring both of these guys up, even if only one of the two of them becomes that guy, there's your spark right there. And the Cubs are right back in the divisional race. We're talking to Rob Brown right here on 670. The score, Gabe Ramirez, nine-year NFL vet, Clay Harbor here hanging out as well. Uh, let's talk about my White Sox, man. Enough of this Cubs talk, all right, bro? Let's go over to the other side of town. Uh, Sox with a nice victory today. South nice little side. comeback, you know, 5-4 over the Cincinnati Reds. It seems as though, you know, that they've made a lot of lot of movement in the last couple of days. You know, pe- people weren't necessarily sure. They were almost calling for Pedro Grafol's head or Rick Hahn's head for that matter. Um, when you look at this team, even from a betting pr- perspective, Rob, I mean, this is a team, I think they were kind of projected to win like 80 three, four games or something like that at the beginning of the season. Uh, You know, is it shocking to you, like, when you see the White Sox, or is it business as usual when you see them off to this slow start? I would love to tell you that this is shocking because I'm sure it would make you feel better as a Southsider. I would love to, but it's not, right? Like, I go back to last year, a team that Cody and I both took flyers on as a a World Series (laughs) contender out of the AL. And this team last year managed its way out of wins. Yeah. Like they were constantly, and you've had a manager change and that's great, but it's like there, there is some sort 
of toxic mentality built into this team that they just continue to self-destruct themselves. This is a team that, if I recall correctly, has given up more leads that led to losses than any other team in baseball. They are a team with the worst seventh, eighth, and ninth inning ERA in baseball, worse than the Oakland Athletics at this point. Mm. There is a, a, a toxic mentality within this program that even America's favorite baseball player, Tim Anderson, can't fix. Like, it's great to have him back. That's a spark to the lineup. But he was there last year, and it didn't matter at all. I'm kind of at the point, and I'm, I'm, I'm curious not to flip an interview on a Ted, but I almost want to ask you because we were having the conversation on our show last Saturday. I kind of feel like it's time for an overall management change, right? Like from ownership down at this point, yeah. because there just seems to be a toxicity in this clubhouse. And I wish I could get more specific. I wish I could point a finger and say, it's that guy and it's that decision and it's this timing, but there's just so many, it's like a soup of bad that the White Sox can't cry. It's another team. Lineup-wise, talent-wise, this team should be one of the most lethal teams in Major League Baseball, and yet it's like they keep hitting themselves in the face with their own baseball bat. Yeah, and that's the that's the uh, the, the the interesting part of it is that you know you 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 blame management because you bring in guys that just are inconsistent, right? And so when you're thinking about the Eloy Jimenezes, who was a great great addition to the team, when you're thinking about the Luis Roberts, the Tim Andersons, you know, even the Yoan Moncadas. You know, you're looking at these guys, and they just cannot put it together consistently for a season. You know, they'll have, spar- they'll have spurts and moments, but it's just the inconsistency, and that's why they're in the position that they're in. And to be honest, bro, like, it didn't shock me at all. All my friends were like, damn, White Sox, what's going on with them, bro? And I'm like, uh, didn't you see last year? Like, didn't you watch this thing? It's like, they didn't change much. They got rid of Jose Abreu, and, you know, you, 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 didn't, you didn't change anything. It's like, so, of course, you can, you can, you, you talk about this regression to the mean, which then allows them to be back into that same place, but it's all still based off this talent that is inconsistent, and that's the biggest issue for the Chicago White Sox this season. And, and there's no one that could just, you know, rope them in and, and, and get them to play at a high level consistently. But, you know, that's where they're at right now, and, and, and they can, you know, stomp their feet like my little three-year-old toddler and be like, I'm tired of everybody talking bad about us. And, you know, but the reality is... Are you talking about Jerry Reinsdorf? I'm talking about the whole damn team. Everybody. You're talking about Reinsdorf right now. I'm talking about all of them. I'm talking about Kenny Williams, Rick Hahn, being like, oh, our players, we're, we're upset too. Yeah, the fans are upset too because we want a better product on the field and the guys are there. They're just unfortunately... Not coming through, uh, Rob. Before I get you out of here, man, because see how this is why we didn't talk about the Sox in the beginning. Right? <laughs> I would have just got hyped up over there. Um, but I do want to talk about the UFC card on Saturday. Um, I know that you have an, an incredible, incredible record, man, and you're, you're you're really out here making people money, man. And, and I want people to really pay attention to this next part because I saw this video where Sterling was talking about Henry's Cejudo, and he's like, and Henry's on a microphone talking about. I'm Mexican, but you'll never see me carrying around a Mexican flag. And then Sterling's like, I'm going to whoop his ass for all the Mexicans that are out there on Cinco de Mayo. Is that is that fluff, or do you really think he's going to be able to handle it? And if he does, what's going to be the method of victory? First off, I am down for whatever BS trash talk the boys can come <laughs> up with. All right, I don't care what it is. My man's got ugly shoes. He's got a bad haircut. His mama smells funny. Like, yep. give me anything. The more WWE the UFC goes, <laughs> the more I get into these fights. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I've looked at this. I think this has actually got the potential 
to be one of the, the, the better main event fights. It's actually a really good card. It's a quietly good card. I like the I Gilbert Burns is... fight, in my opinion, versus yeah. Muhammad, by yeah. the way. But yeah. continue. I'm sorry for the interruption. I like Burns. No, no. Listen, you're never, you don't ever have to be sorry to interrupt talking UFC. I'm glad we get the opportunity. <laughs> uh, no, I, so, so I actually like Sterling a little bit in this fight. And not only do I like Sterling, but Sterling coming into this thing at plus 100 gives you the opportunity. Just the, it, It's slight, though, man. I mean, there's not really a lean in this. Now, I will say this. As much as I love the contrived smack talk, I think it's that, right? And, and, and I think both of these guys are guys that have the ability to be very dialed in on fight night. So I don't think you're going to get like a McGregor the last couple of fights where it's a lot of smack talk and then it's just ultimately disappointing when it's all said and done. But uh, uh, I, I like Sterling predominantly because I think he throws enough variety into the fight uh, that Toledo is going to have to kind of be changing up style throughout the fight. And while he has been a problem solver throughout his entire career, it's like a Rubik's Cube. The more you twist it and turn it, the more you've got to think about how you're going to answer. Mm. I think there's a little bit more mentality on the Sterling side of the fight. So I'm leaning that way, but it's not a big lean at all. Give me a method of victory, though, because I like long odds. Well, plus 100 is not enough for me. <laughs> I, no, I, I, actually, I actually don't disagree. I think, it's, uh, I think it's probably not I'm going to put a whole heck of a lot on. Uh, I think Sterling is overwhelming. I'm actually going to go submission here. I think you can Ooh, probably I like get that. I'm going to go submission here. I think you can get him to the ground. I think once he goes to the ground, Sudo can panic just a little bit, and that is kind of chum in the water for a guy like Sterling. So I'm going to go Sterling via submission. Uh, and I'm, I might even go, if you want to get more specific, I might even go like a third-round submission. That's what I was thinking in my head when you said submission. Pound him out for a couple rounds and then finally take his back in round three and kind of get it done. <laughs> Rob, right. I appreciate you, man. Uh, I'll get your Venmo from Tyler if that happens so we can, uh, we got we can you. share the love and get you a pizza uh, while I'll you're out you there, what, man. I'll give you my Venmo once it hits. Otherwise, I'll talk to y'all later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Rob. Have a great one, man. Thanks for hanging out with us. Appreciate That's- you, fellas. At the Rob Brown Show on Twitter. We'll see y'all next time. Thanks for having me. That's right, man. Rob Brown betting. Rob John Brown on Twitter. Make sure you guys check him out. Uh, great Does a great job with Cody Decker, man. BetQL. That's my brother right there because – Clay, do you know I do I do a couple of shows on BetQL? I didn't know that. Yeah, man. I'm going to check them out. So during the college football season, I got a college football gambling show there. Um, during college basketball season, I was doing that with one of my guys, Alex Gold. I like to gamble, man. I like it too. It's fun. So, you know, it's, it's, it's good to get a guy like Rob Brown on this one. All right, we got one more break before we get up out of here. We're going to do a little Twitter time. What's happening in the world of Twitter and not only the sports world, but pop culture as well. Uh, we'll fill you in after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez, Clay Harbor, right here on 670 The Score. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Well, what do you know? I got an admirer. You spend so much time on Twitter, you're not enjoying the better things in life. All those idiots on Twitter. It's Twitter time with Gabe Ramirez. I only want to know one thing. Can you cuss on Twitter? I give a rat's ass about Twitter. To be brutally honest, I'm not a Twitter guy. Let's scroll through some tweets. Chirp, chirp. Gabe Ramirez, Clay Harbor, it is Twitter time. 
and we get an opportunity to talk a little Twitter, talk a little pop culture, a little bit of sports. But before we get into this, man, like, how can we not talk about this on the radio for a second? My, like, okay, I just want to say this real quick. Those of you that are listening right now, you are in for a treat right now. Like, you are so lucky that you're listening to 670 score right now at this very moment because Clay Harbor, nine year NFL vet. Go ahead, give your stats. What are you, 6'3, 6'4? 6'3 and a half, 250 pounds. 6'3, 250. Yeah. Thinks, thinks that Henry Cejudo, who is 16 and 2, who is. Fighting in the main card, main event tomorrow in UFC 288, he thinks he can whoop Henry Cejudo's ass. This guy is five foot three, 135 pounds. Gabe, I am 6'4", 250. He is a certified killing machine. There's weight classes for a reason. You would have to sign a waiver to get into the ring with him. That's how bad he's going to whoop that ass. I would feel bad <laughs> that I was going to hurt this guy. This little dude, like, come on, man. It's like a kid. You're not going even going to land a punch, bro. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Like, you're going to try Gabe. to throw a jab or a, your slow ass, like, right hook, and he's just going to shoot, tackle you to the ground. Brazilian jiu-jitsu you into a He's not strong enough because he's not big enough to do that (laughs) to me. His hits aren't going to affect me. It's like a cornerback. Whenever I blocked a cornerback and got my hands on him as a tight end, I felt like I was playing against a child. And these guys are 200 pounds. But they're not trained killers. So who knows 132? You know what I could do with 132 pounds? I could throw that over my head. I had 30 reps of bench press at the NFL Combine. 40-inch vertical. If I caught this guy, I would snap him like a twig. Do, do you understand like what you're saying? Like you're a, You were a professional athlete in the NFL. It's like some regular schmuck in baseball or basketball being like, bruh, if I was in the NFL, I'd dominate. And you're like, no, you wouldn't. You get crushed because you're playing against this NFL. This is athletes. different. No, it's not. There's, I just put there's a, weight classes for a reason. I just put, put a Twitter it on the poll. score. Put it, on the, put it on the score. <laughs> put it on the score. <laughs> Feel free to text in so we can read some of these before we get up out of here, man. Do you think a 6'4", 250 Clay Harbor has a shot? Right now, no training. Against- <laughs> no training. I go right now. <laughs> You're I'm serious. It's literally in the bay. He's, bro, he's 5'3", oh 130. God. And he is, he's a little tiny assassin, bro. He'll kill you. Even if he blocks my punches, it's not going to work because it's too much. It's too much weight and too much strength. There's weight classes for a reason. There's too much I force. I, one day, one day, I hope this thing happens. So he can whoop your ass. <laughs> if he wants to, I oh, would fight him. It. I would. I'd get into the octagon and just to prove my point to Gabe. He probably that's what even, I would do. He probably wouldn't even break a sweat. No, he he would break more than a sweat. <laughs> I'll say that. It's so not the one thing he'd be breaking. He'd, his bones love, would be broke. I love the confidence side. <laughs> Let's do a couple of tweets before we get up out of here, man. Uh, this from Josh Reynolds, 24, on Twitter said, Joel B keeps it together during his MVP acceptance speech until he calls for his son, Arthur, who runs onto the court. It was an amazing moment. It hit all kind of different feels for me, man. Shout out to Joel B getting that MVP award. You yeah. felt like he deserved it after a season he had? Yeah, I thought, I mean, obviously the Joker, Giannis, but I thought Embiid was the best player during the regular season. I mean, right now, he's not looking like it, right. but. A little injured. I think he was, I mean, he earned it. Well deserved, man. Yeah, he earned it. Looking at his story, it's a good one. Sure, yeah. sure. All right, next up, this from Chicago underscore NFL. This has been one of the accounts I've been following lately. Ben Devine, man, he's been doing a really good job. I uh, said, Javon Dexter confirms that his slow get off, which is something that I mentioned during the show today, yeah. Clay, 
was what he was asked to do at Florida. Yeah. So there's different there's different type of uh, he was read and react guy. He had a two gap. You right. Know, he had to read what the play was doing. In some defenses, like the Bears defense, he's more of a penetrator. Right. So I. That's real. I love know? that. That's, that's real, yeah. But that's great to hear. I mean, if you're but a But how does he fan, project? How does he penetrate? Because that's not what he was asked to do. So you're kind of taking him there. I think that's why he fell. If he was a penetrating defensive tackle, he's probably going higher with yeah. his I mean, with his tools. Well, good. shout out to the Bears and Ryan Poles for acknowledging that, seeing it, and yeah. taking him. And hopefully he can uh, make that adjustment. Sure, sure. Uh, this from Talking Baseball says, Cubs starters... With 14 consecutive starts, allowing two earned runs or fewer since wow. 1912. Wow. Jake Arietta and Justin Steele. That's it. That's the list. Just two people since 1912 that have had 14 consecutive starts, allowing two earned runs or fewer, man. Justin Steele, just throw a couple bucks on it, man. Sprinkle it out there. Cy man. Young. Man. I mean, that's, that's, that's impressive stuff right there. Sure, sure. Uh, this from Discussing Film on Twitter. It says, Marvel has shut down pre-production on Blade. And we'll oh. continue whenever the writer strike concludes. You know, oh. I'm, a, I'm a SAG after member myself. I mean, I'm not in no damn movies. I just saw on the radio. But, you know, I do feel bad for the writers that are out there, man. Um, essentially, what they're trying to say is, the, the, in, in a nutshell, is that Hollywood is trying to make it a gig economy for writers. Where it's like, here you go. You want a gig? You get this. You get that. Instead of getting paid as a whole and being part of that union and such. So, uh, definitely, man, I hope that they end up uh, getting something because, yeah. I mean... Writers are very important, bro. I want to see Blade, though, man. Is Wesley Snipes coming back? I, I hope he's going to be in that one. Yeah. <laughs> <I hope laughs> he so. was real. All right. Uh, let's see. Last one here, maybe. Um, this from Ober Sports says, I really believe Jordan Love is going to surprise people. He's been working towards this moment for three years, learning behind one of the greatest to ever do it. I don't think it's out of the question that he's a lot better than last year's what? Than last year's Rodgers and the Packers win 10-plus games. What do you think about that, Clay? I don't think it's impossible. Do I think it's going to happen? No, I think he'll be okay. I don't think he's going to be better than Rodgers. I mean, it's his first year, and I know he's only 24, and he's young too. He's part of that draft class with Jalen Hurts and, and Trevor Lawrence and those guys, but you know, I don't think he's going to be that good. I think he's going to take some growing pains. Yeah, I do too. Uh, this from NFL underscore Dove Kleiman. says, The Bears' Justin Fields has approved this offseason and made really big strides as a passer per the team in terms of the quick pass, drop back pass, Movement passes, according yeah. to Coach Eberflus. I mean, that's what we wanted, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's what we're asking for. Yeah. That's so, what I'm telling you. That's why he's thrown over 3,000 yards this year, Gabe. I, hey, man, I'm here for it. I really do hope so. All right, last one. Sure. Uh, this is from Yahoo Sports. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Sam Darno were shooting webs at Tom Holland and Zendaya at the Lakers-Golden State Warriors game. I mean, everybody's a kid at the end of it, right? Like, you see Spider-Man. What else are you supposed to do? Yeah. Now, you're not going to holler at Zendaya because she's she, she sitting next to her man. Hey, you get shoot or shoot. And shoot or shoot. Hey, you did. you got the chance. Shoot, shoot or shoot. And that's what they did. All right. Give me my give me my closing music, Tyler. We out of here, Papa. This whole thing was this was actually a really good show, Clay. Yeah, this was fun, man. I like I'm, I'm glad that you're getting your reps in, man. You can tell that you uh definitely making some 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 awesome improvements. It's like the man. weight room when you get big and you're bigger than somebody that's small. And I mean the bigger person is just gonna be able to lift more weight than the small guy and win in the UFC fight. Bro. Does anybody text in saying you're crazy? No, no, no. Okay. I cannot. I cannot. Man, damn, this would have been a great viral video. Yeah. All right. I got to thank our guests for today, Luis Medina from Bleacher Nation. Yeah. Got to thank Miguel Esparza. Make sure you guys check him out tomorrow, calling the Cubs games. 
And then, of course, Rob Brown gave you a gem saying that Sterling was going to win in the third round by submission. Make sure you sprinkle some money on that so you guys can win. I uh, want to thank our producer today, Tyler Buterball. Fantastic job, sir. Good stuff, Tyler. Yeah, man. Thank you, sirs. No problem. I uh, got to thank Clay Harbor for hanging out today, bro. What would you think of today? Oh, it was great, Gabe. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you in my second go-round here at 670 to score. It was awesome. Appreciate you, Tyler. Appreciate you, Gabe. Yeah, man. I think that uh, I try to make things as easy as possible for people that are here. Make it like two homies just actually having a conversation. So I hope you guys listened to that and heard that as well. All right. Mi gente, that means my people. Hasta la próxima. That means until next time for Gabe Ramirez, Clay Harbor, Tyler Buterball. This is Chicago Sports Radio. 670 to score. Sometimes you hear that music, you know the day, you just want to sing Cinco de Mayo. You know, There's a song of Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, you- T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.